This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. Good afternoon to you. I am Jason Kong and I have the pleasure of being here today with Sam Peterson of Transitions Life Care. Sam, we've given Mary the afternoon off. Yeah, we've, you, know. you know, I've had a couple, I've had like two weeks off now. I just came back from my last summer vacation. So I think it's only fair we give her a day off. Yeah, I know. Just one one week a year, we'll let this that's it. slide. That's <laughs> it. No, she's here for the long haul after that. I'm just kidding, Mary. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday off. Well, we've got a wonderful show lined up today, and we're going to kick things off having a discussion about senior recreation centers and the benefits that they provide, and maybe some insight that we may not know about senior recreation centers. And we are very pleased to welcome into the show Tori Blackmar. Tori is the manager of adult and senior programs for the town of Garner, and she also manages the Garner Senior Center. Tori, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to talking to you. And, you know, we got to give a little bit of behind-the-scenes information. Yes. Here. Tori is the aunt of Mary, and, you know, we won't we won't get you to give us I'm all the, the secrets. I'm the favorite. No, I'm not the favorite. I'm the fun aunt. The fun aunt. <laughs> That's <Mary>. the best <laughs> yes. best role to be. That's what I like my title I'm to be fun is aunt. the fun aunt. Yes. Someone's got to do it. <laughs> and she can talk me into doing things like getting on the radio with her. So. <laughs> <laughs> Always a persuasive thing to do. <laughs> well, Tori, we're so glad to have you on here. I know in my role at Transitions, I've actually learned a lot about senior centers in the um, six years I've been with them and the ones in my area. And I think a lot of people don't realize all of the things that they offer for folks. So first, just tell us a little bit about yourself and the Garner Senior Center. Well, um, I have been at the Garner Senior Center for 21 years. Wow. Um, it's, <laughs> uh, and the Senior Center has been in, in operation for uh, 30, about 30 years now. Um, so uh, the senior, senior Center in Garner was built by initiative um, of residents from residents that were raising money and they wanted to have a place to come out and dance and play bingo and eat lunch. Mm -hmm. Well, that, that, um, population has certainly evolved. And what we do now is more, um, of, um, we have a partnership with meals on meals on wheels and resources for seniors. And we have a, a arsenal of programs. We offer 150 programs a month. Wow. Um, we have about 1500 members. Um, this is an active adult center, so people 55 and older. Um, but we have our oldest participant that will be here this afternoon playing bingo is 100 years old. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Got to get that bingo in. Oh, yeah. Can you, you talk to, to us? Keep the bingo. I know, yeah. right? I mean, regardless. I mean, we can have horticulture classes, Tai Chi and Qigong, but you have to keep bingo <laughs> yes, and bridge. Absolutely. <laughs> those are staples. Can you talk to us? I know you mentioned some of those other amenities um, and programs. Can you talk us through some of the programs that the Garner Senior Center offers? Yeah. So in partnership with Resources for Seniors and Meals on Wheels, like I said, um, the Senior Center is run by the Parks and Recreation Department in the town of Garner. Um, senior, center, senior, senior centers across the state are run by different in different areas. Some are run by county, some are run by um, by um, 
Council on Aging, nonprofits, but we're run by Parks and Recreation. So we work in partnership with Resources for Seniors, which is our Council on Aging, mm-hmm. um, to provide um, information referral for their agency, um, to, put, to link people, uh, put people in contact with ser- uh, services they need, such as like legal aid, uh, insurance information for seniors. Um, we have support groups that are sponsored by resources for seniors. We handle the fun stuff, the recreation, the the dance classes and the trips and resources for seniors handles all the the additional things that can pe- keep people independent and living um, independently in their homes. Awesome. So I mean really a lot more than just showing up for bingo every afternoon. There's some some really great resources that senior centers can offer for folks. Right. And after um, COVID, we really realized how much um, the facility is needed and how much how much the interaction is needed. People, you know, retire and they a lot of times they don't know what what to do with themselves. And so we're I find my role very important in, in linking people with new hobbies and um, interests. And we try to offer something for everyone that regardless if you tried something before or not, you know, we mm-hmm. have dance classes but we have an intro to dance class so that you can come in and learn how to do things before you actually go into the classes so we want to make make it accessible to everyone that's awesome i know you mentioned earlier um one of the other programs you partner with is meals on wheels can you talk to us a little bit about how that works yeah so uh, meals on wheels uh has a has always had a congregate meal um on site the food is brought in from the interfaith food shuttle and it's served um it served to about six, we have 60 to 80 people that meet here on a week. This is pre COVID of mm-hmm. course. Um, they are not meeting currently, but um, re, they are coming back hopefully in October or uh, hopefully in October. Um, currently they're providing five frozen meals and one home cooked meal each week. Today is Wednesday and they'll be picking, they'll be coming through the parking lot and picking up their meal for the week, Awesome. their meals for the week. Um, but that partnership is very important. It gives people an opportunity to socialize a little bit more and not just, um, you know, during a period of time being able to sit, just sit down. So people that are less active, they can come to the meals program. Yeah, such an awesome option. And if someone were interested in signing up for that, how should they go about that? So the best way to do that right now is to call the main office um, of Meals on Wheels. Their telephone number is 919-833-1749, and they can offer, uh, they can ask to be on the list for the Garner Nutrition site. Um, I know that the Active Adult Center in Raleigh um, at Five Points, they have a, a Meals on Wheels program that has started back. They've renamed it and rebranded it. They're called, it's called the Friendship Cafe now. And they have um, they have entertainment and uh, special activities that happen from between ten and twelve each day. Oh, awesome! That sounds like a good time. So, can you talk to us about um, your weekly schedule highlights or ways you can get involved? Sure. Um, just to give you an idea of what's going on here today, we have chair fitness going on. We have about thirty people, very spaced out in our largest space <laughs> um, with masks on. We are we are under mask mandate. Um, and we have a soul urban line dance class that was a little bit too big to be here. So we moved it into the new recreation center across the street. Um, they are, uh, there's about 28 people that come to that. Um, 
our normal schedule, though, we have indoor walking every day. Um, it's a you know climate control, a little bit easier on the bones to <laughs> walk inside. Nicer um, these days, too. Yeah. Um, we have uh, senior fitness classes that we've had to modify a little bit for um, because of the mask mandate. We have circuit training. We have a, a small fitness room. We have a three-quarter size gym um, that people play basketball and pickleball on. If you're not familiar with pickleball, you should. Oh, my you know dad is a pickleball, pickleball fiend. We did. This is the 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 era of pickleball. So, um, and we just opened up this recreation center with the Parks and Recre- Recreation Department, and there are up to six pickleball courts inside. Wow. So we're hoping to spread the love a little bit and send some pickleball over to the new rec center <laughs> um, to open up some space for us over here. Absolutely. And I know I wanted to touch to you mentioned some precautions you guys are taking like a mask mandate for the centers. What other precautions are you currently taking for programming there? Well, we had to really consider, you know, is it we, the mask mandate was the um, primary thing mm-hmm. and uh, you know but what, what are we doing here is it really to keep people safe so we you know we uh, also are asking people to distance we're not as strict as we have been before mm-hmm. you know we were marking off the floor and um, having people wait and time but we are asking people to use their own judgment and um, and distance themselves and we're trying to set up rooms so that it's um, a little bit more friendly for that. Uh, we have had to turn. We have had to cancel a few programs, but we've tried to keep everything going. Um, mostly card games because you can't social distance and and play a card games. But we have gone to the extent of putting card tables out under the breezeway so people can come and play. Um, so we're doing everything we can to keep our programs going. Very good. And Tori, if folks want to find more information about the Garner Senior Center, what's the best way to do that? Well, we if you want to check out some of our programs before you even come in, we have a YouTube channel. Um, we have done virtual programming. Um, it's under Garner Senior Center. We have a great Facebook page, again, Garner Senior Center. And then um, you can find our schedule at well, garnernc.gov, and if you'll find the Senior Center link there. Perfect. She is Tori Blackmar, Manager of Adult and Senior Programs for the Town of Garner, and she also manages the Garner Senior Center as well. Tori, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it, and, you know, we really appreciate you keeping Mary in line for all these years. Mm-hmm. We, we, we give you all the credit, <laughs> yes. okay? Thanks so much. Sorry, I was a little nervous in the beginning, but now I'm, I'm a seasoned um, radio person, I guess. Yes, awesome. We'll, that just means we'll have to have you back on. Exactly. You, right. you are now a friend of the show, and be careful. We may be calling you every Saturday here going <laughs> forward. We are taking a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPT. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with your hosts, Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care right here on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. If you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, you can do that online anytime at transitionslifecare.com. 
transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. And don't forget, if you're interested in learning more about the Caregivers Summits, you can do that at caregiversummit.org, caregiversummit.org. Jason Kong here with Sam Peterson today, and we are now going to shift our focus into long-term care abuse and what to look for when it comes to facility ratings for placement and talk about concerns with facilities as well. And we are very pleased to welcome on to the show, Amy Kepler. Amy is a regional ombudsman. Before we were uh, coming on the air here today, she gave me a title that was about 30 seconds long. (laughs) And she said, you know what, just call me regional ombudsman. So we're going to stick with that, Amy. How does that sound? That works for me perfectly. Thank you. (laughs) Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm I'm actually very excited to talk to you. I've learned a lot about um, your role in my time working at Transitions and and the role I play in working with facilities. And, you know, a lot of people don't even know what an ombudsman is. That's a big SAT word, it seems like. So first, let's just go with the basics. What is the role of an ombudsman? What do you do? Yes, I, um, I'm, our main focus obviously is residents' rights. Uh, we want to advocate for residents um, and obviously their rights while they're residing in long-term care facilities. And these long-term care facilities can be anything uh, from uh, adult care homes, another term is assisted living, uh, family care homes, and nursing homes. We also want to make sure, um, you know, when we're out in the field and we're visiting residents, um, that their rights are protected um, as much as possible um, by uh, certainly addressing any quality of care and uh, quality of life issues through um, information, education, and um, mediation. Awesome. So talk to us a little bit about what an ombudsman does not do. Well, we do not, um, first of all, we do not investigate abuse. Um, That is uh, the Adult Protective Services uh, Division that uh, certainly um, investigates any type of abuse allegation. Um, Although we do work closely with, um, you know, certainly the families, the residents, and when there are issues or any concerns of abuse allegations, Um, We certainly want to make sure that they know how to um, report these abuse allegations. Um, Certainly um, through um, Adult Protective Services, which would be through their uh, local Department of Social Services. Uh, And the other um, way of doing this is if it's um, not during um, office hours, of course, then they can certainly call 911. Mm -hmm. So if you have a complaint you need to share, how do you go about finding your local ombudsman? Well, uh, you certainly, if this is in the Triangle area, you can certainly call our toll-free number. Uh, We um, consist of seven counties in our region. So um, that would be anywhere. uh, That's the um, Orange County, Durham County, Wake County, Lee County, Moore County, Chatham County, Johnston County. um, And certainly we can point you in the right direction. And our number is 1-800-310-9777. That's our toll-free number. And then, of course, if you want to just visit our website, that's www.tjaaa.org. Awesome. So, also, certainly, if it's mm-hmm. across the state, you can go to the um, North Carolina Department of Health and Human Services, and our contact uh, information of each ombudsman is listed in uh, the Division of Aging and Adult Services. Great to know. Area on the website. Yeah. 
Awesome. So let's say once I've reached out with a complaint and I've gotten in contact with my ombudsman, I've called that number, what happens next? What are the next steps? Well, the next steps, of course, um, you've contacted the ombudsman. The next step, of course, is to talk about um, the ways that we can um, investigate, uh, mediate, negotiate their concerns with the facility, um, whatever that facility may be. Like I said, it could be assisted living, it could be nursing home. And um, what we want you to do uh, certainly is to sign consent because everything um, that we do is extremely confidential. Um, we hold it into the strictest of confidence. And uh, we want to make sure the residents understand that as well as the family members of the legal representative, which would be a power of attorney or guardian. And then we proceed, um, you know, with our investigation. That consent gives us permission to look at charts or uh, medical charts, uh, medical records, um, financial records, social records. Um, we can't just go into a facility and pull a record. We have to have consent of the resident as well as the legal rep if it's needed um, and guardian. Uh, so that's how we begin the process. We do our investigation and then of course we will um, sit down uh, with the facility staff that's involved with this um, you know, complaint issue um, as well as the family member or just the resident. It could be just the resident of course but also the legal reps of that resident and we do our best to resolve that complaint um, where both parties um, or all parties that are at the table feel comfortable and um, can move on. Sometimes um, that doesn't always happen so that's when I always want to make sure that they have contact information for uh, their local Department of Social Services um, which in Wake County it's Wake County Human Services. Um, Senior Adult Services Division and, of course, the Division of Health Service Regulation, they are the ones that monitor the nursing homes. Um, so I want to make sure that they, you know, if, if we give them ample time to certainly correct those issues, but if they cannot, um, for whatever reason, during that time, then then I will refer them to those agencies, those regulatory agencies. Hmm. So I know a lot of people probably have the question, too, if, if they're maybe nervous or hesitant to bring a complaint to a facility um, and, you know, that complaint is being relayed. Is it possible for people to remain anonymous in their complaints? It is possible uh, they can remain anonymous. I know that I've had, you know, as long as I've been an ombudsman, I've had anonymous callers um, wanting to obviously bring attention to some concerns in these uh, communities. Uh, so I uh, definitely, you know, it's, it's sometimes challenging because if I have mm -hmm. to pull records, I can't because I need consent. And they're going to find out, obviously, because mm -hmm. we're going to have to have a meeting. But I can easily go to the, um, you know, the long-term care facility and, um, you know, just visit, uh, visit residents, uh, visit family members. If family members are there with their loved ones, talk to staff and see if anyone would be willing to talk to me about that uh, concern or if it comes up in that conversation. And sometimes other problems come up. Um, it's not just related mm -hmm. to the one that was anonymous um, when they called. Definitely. So uh, once you've completed your review, I know you mentioned that um, you report some of those findings. Where are they reported um, and where could people find them if they wanted to see that? Well, I, um, when I said we um, are very confidential, we are. So our reports are not a public record, mm -hmm. um, as you would see, you know, uh, for um, instance, these uh, regulators and they have their statements of deficiencies. 
uh, posted on, um, you know, the Division of Health Service Regulation website, we, um, you know, have everything um, through a database. We document everything, and it's uh, through a state confidentiality or confidential um, database, so we cannot, you know, just divulge that information. Awesome. kept in lock and key. (laughs) Good to know. Good to know. So I know something that's come up for us a lot um, in working in our work and what we do too. um, And especially with the times we know right now, a lot of our facilities are very short staffed, um, like everywhere in the world, it seems these days. Uh, So if a facility is not returning calls, or you are maybe having a tough time right now communicating with them with your loved ones needs, especially as some are locking back down and, and the phone is our only way of contact or email. Um, what could a family do? Do you have any suggestions with working through some of those issues? Yes. Um, I, I think the best way through this process is that they are continually having issues with communication uh, with the long-term care facility. And they've tried and they've tried, you know, um, to the point where they're just very frustrated. And I don't even want it to get to that point. I mean, mm-hmm. if they have given them a couple times to get back to them or whatever, they should really just contact their local ombudsman. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, certainly they can help or assist. We can certainly assist, um, you know, them with that communication issue. Um, this goes on a lot, not just through COVID. I mean, if there's a number one complaint that I have. It's communication mm-hmm. between um, the facility staff and the resident or their um, legal representative. So it becomes a real concern um, out there, especially when they can't visit their loved ones. Um, Not sure what's going to happen with the visitation with this new um, variant that's going around, Mm -hmm. um, very highly contagious one. So we certainly want them to be able to um, contact uh, the community, the facility, and be able to freely speak with their loved one. And if that doesn't happen, then certainly have them call their local or regional ombudsman and we can do what we can to assist them with those concerns. Perfect. That is great advice. She is Amy Kepler, a regional ombudsman. Amy, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me, and you all have a wonderful day. Take care. You do the same. We are taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Mary Lucas and Jason Kong. If you have questions for the show, you can email agingmatters at transitionslifecare.org. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. If you want to learn more about Transitions Life Care, be sure to go to transitionslifecare.org, transitionslifecare.org. And don't forget, it is almost that time for the Caregiver Summit. It's just about a, a month away here, and that is happening on September 15th. Go to caregiversummit.com 
caregiverscenter.org to learn more information. You can also register as well, caregiversummit.org, happening on September 15th. We're very excited about this. This is happening at the McKimmon Center, Conference Center at NC State. Be sure to find all that information either at caregiversummit.org or go to WPTF.com and find the Aging Matters section under the podcast link. Jason Kong here with Sam Peterson. And Sam, we just had an interesting conversation with Amy about long-term care abuse. And now we, we want to focus a little bit more on placement mm-hmm. and what we need to look for, maybe what we need to try and avoid when it comes to placement. Yeah, and I, this is something that I get asked a lot by families in, in my role when I'm working with them about, you know, maybe they're seeking placement for a loved one. They need to find a skilled nursing facility or an assisted living, and they're, where do you, how do I decide? You know, there's hundreds of thousands of them out there, and it can be really difficult um, to pick one that is the right fit for you, and that's what's important. Um, So one of the first things I always recommend to people to start just to kind of get a baseline is to uh, go to Medicare.gov and they have a great tool called Nursing Home Compare where you can go in, type in your location by zip code, what type of provider you're looking for and do a search through there. And they have a great tool that pulls up um, their star ratings that we know are done through Medicare and through the state. Uh, And also you can look at some of their recent inspection reports, which are helpful. It can help you look through some of maybe the issues they've had in the past. And it also shows, too, not just the issues, but the corrections that were made, which I think is really important to remember, too, because I think sometimes people can look at those and say, oh, my gosh, you know, they have all these corrections. And, you know, it's sometimes keep in mind they can be really minor things. Um, But it's kind of good to go and look and get a baseline. Uh, Another thing I tell people, too, is, you know, don't just rely on those reports. But if you can, go and take a tour because you can drive by some places and kind of see on the outside. But I think it's so important to go inside the building where you're able and look around. Um, Most of them are really open and happy to take you through a tour of the building. And it's a really great way to get an accurate picture. You can see the other residents, how they seem, meet the staff, which is huge. Um, You know, where I am at in Johnston County, there's, you know, they may not be the most grandiose buildings out there like there are in some other areas of Raleigh, but the staff and care they provide are wonderful. So it's kind of that old adage of not, you know, picking a book by its cover. (laughs) Uh, So really going in, taking a tour and you know, I know with COVID restrictions, that has been a little bit difficult, but I have seen some places have been offering virtual tours where they can. So, you know, I just suggest calling them and reaching out and talking to their admissions director there and seeing kind of how they could set that up for you. Um, you know, talk to family and friends, too, if, if they have had loved ones in facilities, um, they may be able to make some good recommendations to you um, based on their experiences. But, you know, Again, every person is different. I wouldn't take that for for gospel, too. (laughs) Um, Well, well, that makes a lot of sense as well, because, you know, uh, I can only imagine that when folks are looking for placement, that oftentimes they're in the middle of a crisis. Yes. And, you know, a lot of us haven't studied up on the differences between, you know, skilled nursing care or, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, nursing care. You know, there's a lot of different things to, to cover in a short amount of time. But, you know, talking to family and friends and getting an, uh, at least just sort of an idea of what they've been through, you know, that's also going to help you 
maybe take mm-hmm. the edge off a little bit from that anxiety and that pressure where you're you're dealing with a crisis and you're like, I got to get this, you know, I got to find somewhere, somewhere to go as soon yeah. as I can. And that's, that's a good point you brought up because a lot of families I talk to that is nine times out of 10, the scenario, you know, they've had a hospital admission and, you know, it's been a big change right. in their loved one's status and now they're all of a sudden needing placement and thankfully at the hospitals you know the case managers will help you do a lot of that work it also is dependent on where your loved one is accepted i think that's a lot of a thing someone a lot of people don't realize too you know depends on bed availability um you know insurance status whether you're going to go for rehab days a long term so you know there's a lot of stuff to work out in there but you know i would suggest to people just kind of do some light research even if you're not in a realm of my loved one needs to be placed in a facility right now do some research ahead of time so you're not caught in a moment where it's a a rush situation and you're having to make a rush decision Um, so really arming yourself with some of that knowledge beforehand can be good you know keep a little list in your mind of of some what if scenarios I'm a big some people may say I'm paranoid (laughs) but I like to plan ahead and I like to have a solid plan um, so you're not making game time decisions like that yeah, that's that's the key. There's getting a step ahead, and also on that idea of talking to friends and family. You know, if if you know someone, and maybe you're not in a caregiving situation, but they are, and you know, they're maybe describing some of the things that we're talking about. Ask them some questions about you know that process. One, it's probably going to be a, a little bit of a release and a relief for them to kind of definitely talk about <laughs> what they're going through. But two, it's also a, a good way for you to get some information about that process and what it's like, and maybe what some things that we you may not expect uh, looking in from the outside. Mm-hmm. And I do want to kind of do a shameless self plug too. Uh, at Transitions, we do have a, a great program, our, our caregivers program. Um, so you can call in to Transitions and ask to speak to our caregiver support program, and they can also help you to find some some good direction for resources, just even beyond uh, nursing facilities or assisted livings. They can help you point you in the right direction there, too. Yeah, and getting any help and assistance that you can in that regard is, is so helpful because, as we said, this isn't – well, you're an expert in this, but uh, <laughs> most of us aren't spending the day you know, with the talking to these facilities and, and learning what the differences are. So uh, there's a wonderful service that Transitions Life Care provides, and if you want to learn more, be sure to go to transitionslifecare.org. We'll take a quick break here, but we'll be back with more. Stick around. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Mary Lucas from Transitions Life Care. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. I am Jason Kong here with Sam Peterson. And before we head out today, we're going to leave you with uh, a replay of an interview that we did just a few weeks back because we feel that this is a really important subject to revisit. And that is the subject of loneliness and social isolation. As COVID begins to rear its ugly head again, we want to make sure that you're armed with the tools to be able to spot and the steps to take if you do notice the signs of social isolation. So without further ado, here's an interview with Sean Cawthron of Always Best Care. 
Jason Kong here with Mary Lucas and Sam Peterson, and we are continuing on our discussion related to mental health, and we are now focusing on a different facet of that. And I think we can all kind of relate a little bit to the effects of loneliness and isolation uh, due to COVID-19 and a lot of the quarantining that we had to do. But this is something that uh, has always affected the senior population. And we want to talk some more about the signs and symptoms of loneliness on our senior population. So to have a thoughtful discussion on that, we are pleased to welcome in Sean Cothran. Sean is the Senior Placement Specialist at Always Best Care. Hey, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yes, thank you for having me. You know, Sean, you're the expert in this. And I, Jason, you brought up a great point. COVID has really put us all in this situation over the last couple of years. And we know that are, there are many factors and that cause loneliness and isolation in seniors. But Sean, have you seen this uh, issue become more and more prevalent since COVID? Absolutely. I mean, even before COVID, isolation with seniors was very difficult. Um, but I think a lot of people noticed it a little bit more when they were isolated in their own homes. Mm -hmm. And something as simple as going out to the grocery store was, wow, look where we're at. <laughs> um, that's, that's where a lot of our senior population has been for, for a long time. If you can't drive or if just driving is that difficult or you have to rely on a ride, um, everything that they've been going through, we kind of had a taste of during COVID. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it was eye-opening, but I think it was also very difficult, even more difficult for our senior population because all the services that they had to kind of help support, whether it was volunteer services or going out to the senior center, um, all of those were closed. So they were even more isolated than they were before mm -hmm. and making it very difficult to, to really help support and just it, even now, like I, I was talking to someone about like shaking somebody's hand right now mm -hmm. was it, it's like it's like giving somebody a kiss on the lips like it's so intimate. it really is <laughs> it was it uh but it, it's really cool so you shake somebody's hand you just want to immediately give them a hug it's like wow we're, we're out of this and it was it's interesting to see the effects when when you have a senior that has been at home for so long and, and struggling and not not having that connection and then when they finally get it it brings tears to your eyes and and that's something that I think we all need to really focus on because they need our help. A lot of seniors, they can't do things for themselves. They've, they've lost their spouse. They've, their children are moved away. Um, they're no longer really the head of the family anymore. Um, and a lot of them feel like they're a burden to ask for any help. Mm -hmm. Or they're embarrassed about the things that they've, they've been struggling with, um, making mistakes or anything like that. And, and really, I just I wanted to kind of touch on some of the things that we can all do to help our help not just our loved ones not just our parents but seniors that lived in our neighborhood um go by and have a conversation with them i mean don't be intrusive or weird <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. um but greet them um drop off some cookies ask them how they're doing and a lot of times whenever you ask somebody that is is struggling or lonely or just really is is kind of in the dumps you ask how you doing their answer is great <laughs> They're right. not going to tell you that, you know what, I, I, I can't really use the oven anymore. Exactly. Um, when you ask when you ask somebody, hey, did, did, if I ask my mom, hey, did you eat today? And she says, yeah. All right, well, what did you eat? Right. <laughs> so it, it's asking follow-up questions because there's a lot of masking, and you really don't see it because we're not looking for it. And what I find a lot is 
usually around holidays when, when people are getting together with their loved ones and they're finding out that, okay, well, you're asking some follow-up questions, but mom's been fine for, for the past two years. Well, no, she hasn't. Just when you were asking her questions, she said, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Or when she's nodding or, or something like that during a conversation, but she's not really engaging, that, that may be a time to kind of look at the hearing aids. Um, is she hear, is, are they hearing okay? Because that's a, a huge link to cognitive decline. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't really realize it because we don't take the time to listen. We don't, we don't ask the follow-up questions. Um, no news is good news a lot of the times. But we need to kind of train ourselves to focus a little bit more on that. Definitely. So you mentioned that masking can hide a lot of this. But what are some of the other maybe more obvious symptoms to keep an eye out for when you're caring for a loved one? Uh. N- Stop, when people stop doing some things that they were doing before, like going to church, mm-hmm. uh, going to the senior center, um, cooking, uh, cooking is a big one as well. Uh, when they stop really caring about the newspaper, there may be something going on with their eyes or their comprehension of reading the newspaper. Um, medication management, that's a big one as well. But a lot of it, it, it's the little things that you don't really notice. But as far as those are some pretty good signs and symptoms. If somebody stops wanting to cook, but they've always loved cooking. If they stop doing something that they had a passion for before, you got to ask yourself why. If it was gardening and now that their their flower beds aren't working, why is that? Are their hands hurting? Is it just too much to be outside or are they afraid because they almost fell? Mm-hmm. So it, you got to ask those follow-up questions. If somebody makes a, a change in behavior could be a number of different things, and you got to ask those questions. If you see somebody that has a change in their um, in their mood, a drastic change in their mood, I can tell you pretty much 90% of the time it's a urinary tract infection. Mm-hmm. It affects seniors a lot different than it affects us. Um, it doesn't really burn when they pee. Um, it, mm-hmm. it actually will will change their their personality. And people can think it's a stroke. They can think anything. But I'm telling you, 90% of the time it's a urinary tract infection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you deal with these it, patients and families every day, and this is what you're an expert in. Can you provide any other tips for those that are caring for someone who may be dealing with loneliness or that they can see some of these symptoms happening? Um, what other tips or resources can you provide for these caregivers? So um, some, of the, some of the best resources I can give is if they can get a friend. Um, they have adult care homes. They, I mean, adult care um, daycares mm-hmm. that people can go to. They have senior centers. They have assisted livings, independent livings, memory cares. Um, there's, there's a difference between me going to my, my parents and empathizing and, and talking about the loss of a loved one or loss of a spouse or the fact that you can't see as well as you used to be able to or your physical attributes or not being able to have the same house you had or the garden you had. All these things that, that you start struggling with I can empathize, but I don't know what it's like to move into an assisted living. I don't know what it's like to lose my wife. I don't know what it's like to to lose a lot of these things. But talking to a friend, somebody that's your own age, somebody that's going through it, that's something that we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you, if you're talking to a, a family or a caregiver or somebody else that's in there that's speaking to you and, and they're there to help you, but it's different than talking to a peer. Definitely. Um, so I think any any groups that you can be a part of, I think purposeful living is one of the main keys. Um, like this 
this show today. I'm not going to lie. I was nervous. I was very nervous. I, <laughs> I haven't felt that nervous. In a, <laughs> well, but I haven't felt that nervous in a long time because right. it's, it's, it's important, mm-hmm. right? Right. And you got to think, okay, when was the last time that your mother or your grandmother felt that nervous about completing a task or anything like that? Right. And it may be something as simple as driving up to the store. Maybe it, it's all in your own perception, but having a, a group or having something, a, a gardening club or a, a bridge club or something like that, that you can mm-hmm. be a part of that, that you're going to and, and you're doing something now. I, I love, we used to do a program um, when I was an executive director in Nightdale that we had the residents go over and speak to the school, the elementary mm-hmm. school. And then they had pen pals and it was great. And the residents mm-hmm. felt so great when they came back from the elementary school, they would tell me about, Oh yeah, we did this. We did this. Um, and I'm not allowed to say any names, but I did have a resident that had a prosthetic leg mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, he said, Hey kids, you want to see something really funny? Ah. <laughs> so, so, so he took off his leg and he held it up and he said, what do you think of that? <laughs> and they said, Hey, Hey Jimmy, he's got one like you. So oh. one of the kids in the elementary school had a prosthetic leg too. He took his off. I thought that was the cutest thing. The, that was something that oh. was so meaningful. Right. That's and so sweet. Everybody there, everybody benefited. Mm-hmm. So if we can just get together a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I think between kids talking to our seniors about how life was 70 years ago mm-hmm. is amazing. Uh, we used to farm and we would do this. And now kids are talking about what we do. We farm on a tablet. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but just making that connection, because it seems like there's, it's worlds apart, but that's, that's what makes it fun. Definitely. So I, I think definitely engaging in, uh, pen pal programs, school programs, uh, finding a, a, a way to have a purposeful life and, and feel that purpose, feel that pride again of what you're doing. I think that's, that's the most important thing. Man, and, and I do think, I mean, as far as cognitive decline, making sure that we're keeping an eye out on somebody so they don't end up locking themselves out of their house one day mm-hmm. or get lost. And, and I mean, these things happen. And a lot of times they happen out of denial or just not asking follow-up questions mm-hmm. and you don't want to ask follow-up uh, too many follow-up questions because you don't want to to disrespect somebody you don't want them to feel like you're you're intrusive but sometimes you got to ask the right questions and you can do it nice but you got to make sure that you're you're following up you got to be present in the conversation i guess <laughs> that's the best way i can mm-hmm. say it yeah, that's a great way to put it, Sean, and uh, also being aware of what to look for. And we thank you so much for sharing some uh, items that we can all look out for when it comes to our senior loved ones. He is Sean Cothran, Senior Placement Specialist with Always Best Care. You can go online to alwaysbestcare.com to find more information. We are out of time for today. I want to thank all of our guests for helping us out. I hope you enjoyed the theme of mental health on today's show. If you missed any part of this episode, be sure to go back to WPTF.com. Click on the podcast section and there you'll find the Aging Matters section and you can listen to this show as well as all of the other shows related to Aging Matters. Out of time for today. We hope you will join us again next Saturday at 4 for Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you you a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. Have a great weekend.
You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.